Hey there, quick question before we jump into this episode. Do you wish you could easily build your own website, but you get overwhelmed by it all? If that sounds like you, then allow me to introduce Savvy DIY Site. Half course, half gorgeous website templates designed by yours truly to help you DIY your first WordPress site, redesign your existing one, or migrate from another platform to WordPress, even if you're not very techie or you have no idea where to start. Forget spending hours figuring out the basics or feeling stuck with a website that doesn't really represent you. With Savvy DIY Site, you'll build your website with my step-by-step guidance, easy-to-follow video tutorials, and pro-designed templates that make building your site a breeze. Plus, you can customize everything to fit your unique style and brand so your website looks just like you want. Whether you're launching your first site or updating an old one, Savvy DIY Site gives you the tools and confidence to do it yourself and do it well. Join now and start creating a website you're proud to share. Visit SavvyDIYSite.com to learn more and get started building your website today. Hey y'all, thanks for joining me today for my very first guest episode. I'm so excited to have Jarrett Boucher here today. Jarrett is the co-founder and CEO of Your Data Playbook alongside his wife, Beth. She is the TPT seller, and he's the business guy that loves using data as a strategic asset to drive your strategy and your results for growing your TPT store. Today, we are talking about why data is so important for growing our TPT businesses, the most important data points, and what we should actually be doing with them. And we'll cover where to start if you're just starting to look at your data for the first time. All right, let's get on to the show. Hey, TPT sellers, ready to see growth in your business? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Savvy Teacher Seller. I'm Kristen Doyle, and I'm here to give you no-fluff tools and strategies that will really make an impact on your sales. Let's get started, y'all. Welcome, Jarrett, to the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here and talking with us about our TPT data Tell us a little bit more about what you do for TPT sellers. Hi, hi, Kirsten. Great to be here. So am I am I officially the first guest? You are. I wow. I feel so honored. <laughs> so especially as data lovers, right? We can unite around data and talk data. So this is this is super, super fun. I've been looking forward to this for since you since we talked about it. So what I what we do really uh, for TPT sellers. So first, I'm Jared. If you don't know, uh, I'm a data data lover, a business guy, and I started using TPT data back in 2016 when my wife Beth started her store, Inspiring Young Learners. And so, just again, I've always been into data and wanting to use data to drive business results. So that's how I got into it. Just seeing her data and how looking at that and wanting to optimize her earnings for her store. So that's kind of through through her journey, I helped her. And so as a result of that, what we've done is created a an analytics toolkit and we put it into a membership called Your Data Playbook. So we really uh, combine three things, automation, visual analytics, and coaching and enablement to help eliminate barriers for teacher sellers like you and to become data-driven because we believe it's essential to be data-driven to thrive in the digital world. And so we believe that data is the oil of the 21st century. So 
but it's very hard to work with, right? So it's not easy. And a lot of people have never used data. So our goal and our mission is to help lower those hurdles. And we're doing that in uh, the membership that we created, Your Data Playbook. So that's what we're about. And again, super excited to be here to talk data, talk shop. Yeah. And you guys are doing such an amazing job at like you said, lowering that hurdle and making it easier for us to use our data to look at those numbers and make data-driven decisions based on what we're seeing to grow our stores. I know it is one of the best investments I have made for my business for sure. Even though I understand the data pretty well myself, it's so helpful to have someone else take care of gathering all the data and then putting it in a quick, easy for me to look at format so that I can make those decisions really quickly. What is it about data that you like so much for our TPT businesses? Good question. I I like data in general. So my background, I ran an analytics team at a leading Latin American airline. So I had a 10 person team and our job was taking data and putting it into a warehouse, a data warehouse, and then transforming it to get output to make sure that airplanes didn't leave empty, right? We were in charge of, you know, helping fill up airplanes with people's butts and seats, right? We didn't, because once an airplane takes off, you know, yeah, once an airplane takes off, you can't recover that lost revenue. So it's a very per- highly perishable good and service. So I fell in love with data in that industry and because seeing how you can drive results and really you can understand. So I've always been in <laughs> very action oriented, very results oriented since I was young. I, I, my parents literally almost had me in the car to the way to the hospital. Um, <laughs> and so my mom is like jokes, like literally you came out super fast and you haven't stopped running ever since. And so I've always been oriented towards results and action. And so with data specifically in like a service business or e-commerce, like that is the fuel, right? You, without data, you don't have visibility of what's working, what's not working to drive your business results. So it's really about the action and what you can, you can see if what you're doing is actually making an impact or not. So I, I like the data for the fact that I can actually influence change and see if that change is working or not to grow and meet that result. So that's ultimately like what's my motivation behind why I fell in love with it. It's all about working smarter and not harder for me. If I'm making changes, if I'm going to put in time on my resources, I want to know that I'm getting a result out of it. And I want to know yep. I'm making the right changes, especially when it comes to things like pricing and is my preview converting well? It's so good to have numbers to back up the changes that we're making. So we're not just going on gut feelings about things. Exactly. I think that the key word is visibility, right? I think what it allows us to see what's working and what's not working, because I know so many of you are time strapped, right? There's so many different things pulling you in so many different directions. So what we really want is to help you get the best return on your investment for time to be able to know where to focus and which lever to push for your growth. And and you use data to identify that and then do that and then evaluate the results. So we're deeply motivated by helping you make an impact on your business and seeing that result. Yeah, that's awesome. And we are TPT sellers in general. We are so busy. Some of us are still in the classroom. Some of us are running multiple businesses. Some of us are, (laughs) lots of us have our own families that we're trying to be present with as well. So we really do have all of the plates in the air, it seems like at the same time. And this is something that really does help us to focus in on the things that are worth our time, the things that are going to move the needle for our businesses. 
it's it's crazy. I think I'm so I'm so impressed by how many things this community, like the entrepreneurs, manage. It's like I'm my mind's blown. Like, how are you doing this, 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 this? It's, it's crazy. Like, okay, if we can make your life a little bit better and and provide value, like, and so this is how we figured we could do that for this community to help you do that. Well, speaking of having too many plates in the air, <laughs> yeah, and finding the right things to do, what are the top data points you think are most important for TPT sellers to look at when it comes to growing our store? I mean, it's really three things. It comes down to traffic, conversion rate, and price. Those are the big three growth levers for your store. And again, if you're just to focus on one, I mean, and you totally agree with it because that's this is where your business aligns tremendously, Kristen, is it's traffic, right? You need traffic. Everything starts with traffic. It doesn't matter if you have the, the prettiest cover and the most persuasive preview. If no one's actually seen your product, it's, it's end of game. Like it all starts there. So um, I would say the most important thing is just you got to have the traffic first if you want to do if you want to do anything. Yeah, absolutely agree. And so on TPT, that would be our page views. Yep. And then, so the next step then, if we're looking at our page views, our conversion rate, and our price, how do we know what actions to take based on that data that we have? It really depends. It's relative to that particular performance. So action. So if you have decreased page views, right? Understanding why you have decreased page views. So is that because your search rank has fallen? Is that because there's that there's new competitors in the market? So understanding why those page views have fallen and then figuring out how you can recover those. If, specifically, if you're just focusing on TPT, that would be going in and doing some SEO optimization, like, you know, keyword research, and then figuring out how to make your title and snippet and description more robust so that that you show up. And that might mean actually swapping out a, a less competitive word, keyword, and actually using one where you're going to you're going to rank higher, right? So that I think you would agree right. with that. Um, so that you actually Absolutely. get more visibility. So you're not on page 17. Instead, you're on page one, but it's a mm-hmm. less competitive term with less volume, meaning traffic or page views, but it, you're going to get seen, right? That's the key there with traffic is right. visibility. That's something I was actually talking with some of my clients about earlier today is choosing the less competitive keyword when your product is newer or it doesn't have much traction built up. It's not selling as much yet. And then shifting over to more competitive keywords once it gets some momentum. Yeah, I think that's that's the name of the game right there is just figuring out when to make that transition. Because I think some a lot of people think about, okay, I'm going to go for that, like the heavy hitter, the most competitive, but then reality, you end up on page 17, right when you launch a new product and it's super discouraging. So like being realistic and aligning that Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to manage this differently. And man- and so having a launch strategy, I think is key, right? Having a launch strategy for your new products and actually saying, hey, I, I already have done my keyword research and, and say, knowing, give an estimate of where you think that new product can land in terms of search and what specific terms that you're actually showing up for right away. So if you launch a new product and you're on 17, you're not going to get traffic. And so it's, it's going to be super dependent on what you generating that traffic, right? You're going to have to send an right. email. You're going to have to do Facebook ads. You're going to have to do Instagram. So that's super, super valuable. I, I love that is focus on and actually downshift to a less competitive keyword at, at the start. And then you can upgrade later on once it has traction. Right. Once it starts gaining a little traction and you can compete with some of the higher traffic uh, keywords. Yep. Uh, and then from a conversion standpoint, I really, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's three, 
so I mean, how much time do we have? You know, this we could talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I think the biggest thing here in terms of conversion, uh, I mean, one of the hottest topics that we talk about and, and, you know, everyone in TPT talks about previews. Previews are so impactful. So we talk about if you have an underperforming conversion rate, one thing to look at is, hey, your preview. Your preview definitely um, makes a big impact on your conversion rate. And I've said it multiple times, but like TPT states that 62% of buyers have stated in their research that it makes the biggest impact on a conversion decision or not after price, What how robust that preview is. Is it compelling? Is it showcasing the product? The preview is essentially like the digital equivalent of like going to a house when you're going to buy it and doing a showing of a house. You're not going to just buy a house sight unseen. You're going to go in, take a tour, make sure that, hey, the door's closed. It says on the listing has three rooms. Does it actually have three rooms? So you can't do that in the digital world, right? You can't. So how do you do that? The preview is the equivalent of like going to view a, view a house or like the equivalent of like a test drive on a car, right? So preview has so yeah. much weight and it creates that confidence when purchasing. So, uh, and we, we did a study. So with your data playbook, we have access to like 160,000 products with the, mem- with the active members that we have. And so 26% of them actually didn't have a preview, right? So we looked at those, those products with a preview and those pr- products without a preview. And we found that the products with a preview converted like 13.2% better, uh, which is... And that's just a preview. Just exactly, just like right. crazy, right? It's just, it's just simple existing. One. Just one, literally, the, pre- the preview could be one page. We, that's all we evaluated is, hey, does does a preview exist? Yes or no? And so, and basically, when you that, looked at that, you are looking specifically at a PDF preview, right? Just, yeah, because yeah. we can't right now video previews. We don't. We have limited visibility, but uh, I think video previews in the right context can convert even better. But for sure, we're just sure. looking at PDF previews, and so. That I think if you have a low, like you have a bottom, you have a really poor converter, then that's a great thing to evaluate is looking at your preview. So if you take that in 13% better, if you actually put that in context, essentially, let's say you have a product, Kristen, that converts at 4% and it doesn't have a preview. If you add a preview, it, it bumps it up to four and a half percent, just by a half a percentage point increase just by adding a preview. And let's say that product has like 2000 page views in a year, in a month. So essentially what that equates to just by adding that preview getting an extra half of percentage point on a a 2000 page view product a month plus like let's say $15 is the average price that equates to like $2,300 extra for the whole year so just from putting a preview on (laughs) yeah exactly so just by putting a preview so that's what the data shows us but do you I mean do you like Making previews, I know so many teacherpreneurs don't. Like, like it's a pain, right? It's a thorn in your side. Like, I that's the last thing I want to do. I will say, I like making previews a lot better now that I know how much they help my conversion rate. <laughs> it's a lot easier to want to do them when you see the data and you see that it really does improve. So, I guess if we if people are looking at a low conversion rate, the first thing then you would suggest is if it doesn't have a preview, add one. Absolutely. And if it has a preview then what? Look to see if you need to improve it. Yeah, and optimize it. See if you can structure it. Again, how is it actually telling people what the product has? And then is it actually showcasing the product well? Like the sequence of information there is is key to help build that confidence. So yeah, how you can make that product preview more robust so it's more compelling and persuasive to, to convince in the purchase decision. And then price, it's really about Hey, if you have a top converter or a bottom converter, that's the next thing I would look at. You could be leaving money on the table. So optimizing for pricing. So that could be just small increments, 5% in price changes to see how the market responds. 
that's one of like the one of the a common myth that I hear a common like uh, I get it it's an it's an FAQ that I feel a lot is like well I've heard that you're only supposed to increase prices and never decrease them but I don't know in any other industry that's not the case so I don't know why that that's like this prevailing thought in this community and so it's like I've I've kind of hit that and some people are like I don't agree so but in any other industry so- you, you lower prices and you raise prices. That's just, that's business. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of TPT sellers, at least from what people have told me, they're worried that if they lower their price, then someone who bought it when it was more expensive is going to be upset that it's Mm -hmm. a lower price now. And my, my standpoint on that has always been, we are so much more focused on the pricing in our own stores Mm -hmm. than our customers are. They yeah. aren't coming back to check and see if we put something on sale or not for the most part. Absolutely. <laughs> and I yeah. know we've all gotten a Q&A here and there where someone says, I didn't know there was going to be a sale. Can I get the discount? But for the most part, teachers aren't coming back to check and see if you've changed your prices. Yeah, I always tell it. my clients, pricing is not permanent. <laughs> Change exactly. your price. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not, so there's A-B decisions, right? Like you have A-B decisions or like A, you can walk through the door, right? And, and it, it closes behind you. You can't walk back through it. B decisions, it's like a revolving door and like in the front of a hotel. You can go in and out multiple times, right? Like pricing is not permanent. And that's what we love about data, right? Is you can actually see how the market responds, gives you visibility to how the market responds. Did your conversion go up? Did it go down? And then you can adjust accordingly. Yeah, so I, I think that's the biggest thing. And that can be the quickest bang for your buck if you have super limited time is just changing a quick price uh, and seeing how the market responds. Yeah, we did a survey like to see, because that that was one of those like, hey, I does this, <laughs> let's validate this assumption. Let's validate this this, this thought. And it was like, like over 100 people responded in the membership. And I think two people actually said that they had someone complain after changing a price. So it can happen, but the problem looks like that's 2%. So it, it's very limited. I mean, I mean, imagine going to your local grocery store or like going shopping at the mall. Like p- retailers have sales all the time, right? When was the last time you went to a retail? It was like you went and you bought a pair of shoes or you bought a dress or something. Right. And for full price, and then you came back a month later, and it was half off. Or what? Like, yeah. That, I mean, this and is I might a be mad at reason. myself <laughs> that right. I didn't wait for the sale or wasn't paying attention when it was on sale last week and forgot. But I'm not mad at the store because they changed their prices. I just know that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. I, it's fun to talk about price. I think that's one of the least talked about and most underutilized growth levers that can really have a big impact. <laughs> I love playing with my prices <laughs> because it's easy. You take a exactly. look at it, you make a change in 20 seconds and you watch your data for a little while and see what happens and make a change back if you need to. I tend to push, 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 push until I feel like I've, okay, I went too far. I'll back up a little bit. Yeah. Because I think as TPT sellers, we tend to underprice most of I was the time. Just gonna, I was just going to say the same most thing. Most. I, I think that's what I've seen too, Kristen, is like coming in to this marketplace and this community, I think the default is underprice. And again, you want to be sensitive to teachers. I understand that, but there's there are legitimate products that have a great value that are converting at 20, 30 percent, and the, the, you're you're way underpricing that product, and it's worth a lot more. So yeah. you know, pricing fairly, pricing for value, and you can test that with pricing changes. And so you can say, hey, the market actually bears and thinks it's this valuable. Okay, I'm going to leave it here, and I see that response in the market. The market will tell you if they think it's too too expensive. You have that, right? Absolutely. And you can play with pricing. You can test out pricing changes and still be sensitive to teacher budgets and not overdo it. And like you said, if you overdo it, the market's going to tell you. Yep. 
So you said pricing was kind of a misnomer that we can't change prices down. What are some other misnomers around data that you've noticed? Who? Uh, the the whole thing about like, how long do I have to wait before I see a change? Like when I make a change to data, like that's something we often get in the in the membership was like, hey, is it, is it time bound? Like how much time? I mean, I think you and I would agree on this too, right? Like it's not time bound. It's really a function or it depends upon how many page views, right? So what are page views for us in this environment? They're demand. So you evaluate your changes. And I don't know if I'm getting too technical here. You tell me if I am, Kristen, for the audience out there. (laughs) I think (laughs) you're good. Okay. But basically, you know, what we, what we want to evaluate is how did the market respond and what's the best indicator of that is first we need to look at page views and we look at page views in terms of collecting our data or collecting our sample size and we get page views. We need 300 page views about to start being able to see if, hey, it's not just by chance that what I did impacted negatively or positively. So that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that we've had to change besides price uh, in terms of uh, how we think about those changes. And it's not time bound, it's, it's page view bound. Yeah. It's not an amount of time after your change so much as how long does it take you to get three to 400 page views, because that's a good amount of data. And for anybody wondering where that number comes from, I know you know this already, but we need a certain amount of data in order for something to be considered statistically relevant, valid. Yep, exactly. And so that's that three. I've always said 400, and I know you always say 300. So we'll just... Okay. Yeah, You're probably more accurate than me. We can start to see... Yeah, but again, with more data too, though, I think you can see smaller changes quicker, right? So if you like you, yeah. with 300, you need to see a pretty, you need to see a big change. Well, actually, I'm going to pull back because I don't want to talk into, but yes, 300 is a good starting plot, but the more data that you can gather, yeah. the smaller changes that you make, will you'll actually be able to see that response even better. So if there's not a big change, right. collecting more data will actually see, Hey, did that make a, did that make a, a positive or negative impact? So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So we have some questions that some people in my audience have submitted. So can we do some kind of rapid fire, quick answer questions before we finish up today? All right. All right. All right. Here we go. For sellers that are new to looking at their data, what do you think is the first thing they should look at? Page views. Page views. Absolutely. And then work on SEO, of course, if they're not getting as many views as they want. Yes. Hands down. That is for new sellers. I think optimizing on the platform. Well, you said rapid fire. Page views on TPT, that's an SEO. That's what I would say right there. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a kind of related question. What are small actions that low traffic sellers can take to begin their journey to (laughs) being data-driven on the right foot? So they look at their page views and it's low. What are the Mm -hmm. first things you would suggest they do? We've touched on it a little bit. It's essentially you know, understand where those products ranking, right? If they're ranking super low in those current products that they're they're, they're the keywords that they're tagging, how do you how do you shift swap those out to less competitive keywords so that you can get uh, higher up in rankings to drive more page views. And then I think it for if let's say you can't, you're stuck and like, hey, this is optimized, it's the best keyword that you can use, then you're going to want to look at how do you make that product convert better? So like what we've already talked about, previews where I talked about price. So then then you can go to those different growth levers. But start with start with page views and optimizing those and then work your way through conversion and, and price. But I think the biggest bang for your buck would be page views and optimization through SEO on TPT. Because that's gonna especially if you don't have money to invest in an email list, that I think that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. 
Um, here's an interesting one. How important do you think UTM codes are? I think they're they're highly important when they're accurate, right? So because it allows you to understand where your traffic is coming from. And if your marketing initiatives are having an impact driving to the result, you know, the traffic that you're trying to drive to the end result of like for UTM codes for Facebook to your products. So I think they're super important because it actually is another way to track and see if what you're doing is making an impact. When accurate, they're important. Again, we know sometimes the data for that uh, on TPT is, is less than accurate. So that can make our credibility, our belief in that data, um, less valuable, but it, the concept itself is valuable. Okay. Last kind of rapid fire question for you. Okay. What are the most surprising things you have learned since you started YDP? Maybe some trends you've noticed about the cohort data overall, or something that you didn't think would be as important as it is. What has surprised you? I think the, the, the common misnomer that more products always equals more growth. So actually seeing that and seeing people that have had, you know, six figure years, half a million dollar years, and they have completely different comp, like their stores have one store has 500 products and one store has 200 products. Right. So I think, yeah. cause I think there, there's also this thing you know, like, oh, the more products you have, the more growth you have, or like the more followers you have, or the more reviews you have, like there's a kind of vanity matrix to a certain extent. Um, meaning like they don't necessarily drive or correlate to direct growth. I think that the number of products equals a bigger seller, which in some cases it doesn't. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And you shared a statistic with me one time before. I don't know if you remember it off the top of your head, but a statistic about how much our store could grow purely by adding new products versus oh. by optimizing what we have based on our data. Yeah. So in the similar study, we we looked again at the 160,000 products that we have available in YDP we looked at how much, so new products that were created, how much they contributed to the overall store's page view growth and growth in that year. Uh, so the same year that they created, it was 9%. So like, like, let's say you want to grow 20%. What we found is just by creating nine or just by creating new products, you're only actually, again, on average, there's exceptions to the rule always, but right. on average, you're going to grow 9% by creating new products. So if you have a goal of 20% from growth, you're going to have to do other things. Like we talked about, like those other growth levers, you got to push on those like traffic conversion and price. Right. And really letting older products sit in your store and not pushing on any of those growth levers. It's just kind of leaving money in the bank, I guess, money in someone else's pocket. It's yep. just missing out on sales that you could be having without doing a lot of work. Yep. But again, I, I, I'm not anti-creation, right? Beth loves creation. and But I just want you guys to, to get all the juice out of the resources that you have and make them work harder for you. Uh, and so if you have something that's sitting on the shelf, hey, get that puppy optimized, get it going, get it in front of people so that you make more, you make more money for your store. And then you can, you know, re-input that, invest in a VA or somewhat like do other tasks that you don't like to do. So you can get back to creating if that is your jam and that's what gets you up in the morning. So we're totally for that, but doing it smartly, intelligently and intentionally. Yeah. Intentional really, I think is the key when it comes to our data. It helps us be intentional about the things we're working on in our business, whether we're spending time right now on optimizing previews and thumbnails, or we're spending our time on SEO, or maybe it's time to be creating new products because we've got that stuff on lock already. Exactly. Now we're ready to focus on being creative and making new things again. Absolutely. I mean, Beth, I love the energy that I see when she creates a new product. You get to see it in her eyes and she lights up. So like, you don't want to use <laughs> that, right? You want, but it's like, Hey, 
babe, if you want to keep creating, we got to do these other things so you can, can spend more time doing creating. So, but one of my f- the favorite things I've s- seen Kristen too, is like just helping reorient the sequence. So sequence equals success, right? So like oftentimes in strategy, it's about not what you're doing. So people are like, what should I be doing? It's often times what you're not doing and what you're doing, right? So you have to say no to more things than yes to more things, right? So having to know right. what things to say no to so you can focus on the, the yes things. And so sequence, they're knowing, hey, I just built these products. All right, now I'm going to optimize them. And so getting that sequence right is key. Yeah, it really is. Well, I always like to leave my listeners with an action step. So if our TPT seller friends take one action step after they listen to this episode, what would you recommend that it be? Ooh, so many, th- so many things. Uh, well, <laughs> since, I mean, since you're like the SEO queen, right? I mean, I would think for for those products, so specifically like the question about the low sellers or the sellers that don't, are not getting a lot of page views, I think there's got to be markets where you can focus and optimize on SEO for getting the getting more traffic. So I think that's the start of everything. So where can you focus? Where can you swap out some page views or swap, sorry, swap out some keywords to get you some more page views. That would be the biggest thing yeah. I would really focus on. I love that. Thank you so You're much welcome. for being here. This was super fun. It's fun. And again, well, I love what you're doing and so uh, so supportive of what you're doing and how you contribute back to the community. And so thanks again for having me on here. It was fun. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. Tell everybody where they can learn more about you and your data playbook. Yeah, you can just go to yourdataplaybook.com and we have, uh, currently it's not open, but um, we'll probably open sometime early fall. So you can get on the wait list. You can check out, see if it's a good fit for you. And if you have any questions, you can email us at hello at yourdataplaybook.com. That's us. And again, thanks so much for having us. And we are delighted to be partnering with you. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find all of Jarrett's info and info about YDP in the show notes at kristendoyle.co forward slash episode six. And be sure to share this episode with a TPT friend. Talk to you again soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share it with another teacher seller who would also find it helpful. For more resources on growing your TPT business, head to kristendoyle.co forward slash TPT. Talk to you soon.